This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Hello, and welcome to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. Today, we're talking about how you can get in flow in order to have things go a little bit more easy in your business. We're often hearing about the importance of hustle and grinding, and sometimes that isn't the best way to be. And I'm joined today by Nicola Hewlin, who is the founder of Empower, amongst many, many things. And uh, we helped support Nicola to launch season two of the Empower for Mums in Business podcast not so long ago. And Nicola is a, a real believer that having flow in your business actually serves you very well. So welcome to Entrepreneurs Get Visible, Nicola. Thank you, Anna. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about flow. What does that mean for you? Oh, yeah, it's, uh, I love that word flow. And um, I often get asked the question, well, you know, what is flow? What does it mean to me? And uh, the best way I can explain it is by talking about what it was like to play netball when I was at school. Do you, do you, do you I played play netball. netball. I was wing attack. Oh, yeah, I was goal attack. Wing attack. Yeah. Well, you were taller than me. Quite dynamic positions, huh? And, you know, if there's anybody from outside the UK is thinking netball, what is netball? Think basketball, but you're not allowed to dribble and move with the ball. You know, when you've caught the ball, you've got to stand still and then, and then pass it. Simple as that. When I was a young girl at school, I was in the netball team. And there would be these matches that we would go to against other schools and it would just be dire I mean they were the majority dire matches we were always feeling like we were chasing the ball always kind of too many steps behind you know dropping the ball we were practically you know running ourselves in circles exhausted by the end of the match and and I was goal attack so there were two people in the team who can shoot the ball into the net and in matches like that we rarely got a goal you know we, we, we rarely got those points in at the end and we look at the other team thinking well how are they doing it you know and we trained we we knew what we were supposed to be doing but nothing went as we hoped for it to go And we would all go home pretty deflated, pretty demoralized and exhausted. And then there were these, on some occasions, there were like these magical matches where everything, have you seen the film, The Matrix? Like when everything slows down and he can dodge the bullet and the fists coming at him. And those matches were a bit like being in The Matrix. Like everything seemed to slow down and we were able to be one step ahead and know where the ball was going to be and make those passes so smoothly and and the goals were there you know we would smash it it'd be like 30-0 and it felt effortless and used so much less of our energy we actually felt energized by the end of the match and that that kind of match is the sort of flow that I'm talking about experiencing, not just on a netball court when you're kind of 11 years old, but 
in life in general and and almost irrespective you know we're in a really challenging challenging climate right now with everything going on in the world globally at so many levels and it's about experiencing that kind of flow even when the circumstances and the, the environment is feeling tough it's that sense of things come easier we feel more in the right place at the right time and and we're able to move forward in that more with ease not effortless we're still doing the legwork we're still taking steps one step at a time but it's working and it and it just feels so much easier it's almost the opposite of having that concept of hustle and grind and push, push, push. Yeah. Which I think is a, a kind of masculine en- energy. And it's about sometimes when, you, when you're constantly pushing and driving forward, you're just encountering blocks. And often for me, when I say, okay, whatever I'm doing right now isn't working, I'm just going to take my foot off the pedal. I'm just going to stop that foot to the floor. And I'm going to just be for a little while. And often once I've just been for a little while, whatever it is I need to do, other opportunities that I wasn't seeing come to me. Mm. Connections come to me. Things crop up. Ideas crop up. And actually, I'll say this. I'll tell you guys this on the podcast. I said to Nicola today, I'm having one of those days where I can't go full throttle. So sometimes, as you know, we do these podcasts and we'll do them live on StreamYard. I'm not in that space today. I've already cleared my diary for a lot of today. I'm going for a long dog walk this afternoon because I know that's what I need to do to get myself back in a sense of flow and ease. What does this look like for you when you get in flow in your business? Well, as you were talking there, there's another, you know, as you were talking about the messages we can hear so often about, you know, hustle and push and the image of a, of a, of a river came to mind, you know, and we can feel sometimes if we're trying to go in a straight line that we've predetermined, you know, we've planned, right, that's what I want to achieve. This is the straight line plan, you know, plans. I'm very passionate about planning but with what's called an agile methodology, you know, so we can still not be blinkered and not try and force a straight line like a river. If you think of a river on a riverbed, Mm. we can end up rather than embracing the, the, the kind of natural moves that are there to accelerate things beyond what we can imagine, we can end up sort of hurling ourselves against the rocks and banging our heads against brick walls and and stuff like that. So to answer your question in my business, it's about having that powerful balance between, um, I work with one page, a one page planning methodology, which is really about helping to, you know, get that clarity on the overall direction you want to head in. But like, if you think of like a big vision being the summit of a mountain, use the mountain metaphor there's this big summit okay so we know we know which mountain we want to scale we know the overall direction of where the summit is but then we can be a bit more agile and flexible about how we get there because when we push and hustle for a a certain linear expected results sometimes uh, like you were saying if we take time out just to be for a bit because we've been butting up against a challenge we can lose sight of actually there's an opportunity or there's a better way or an, or an easier way. Or even why we're doing it in the first place. Yeah. 
Absolutely. That whole, I call it paramount purpose. It's that sense of purpose or why we're doing something, but paramount, like over and above making money. And money is important in business, obviously, but it is that connection to our our, our overall paramount purpose that becomes that greater kind of guiding force. And sometimes you can't see that when you're entirely goal orientated. I mean, for me, getting in flow for me, it crops up when, you know, I've had a really exhausting couple of weeks. We've had things with the children. They're adjusting to the new news about lockdown, which came out as we're recording this. And I know that I have to periodically just step off the train, step off. Mm -hmm. and, And I never quite know when I most need to do that. But I, again, I allow myself flexibility in my business. So even though right now we're building out a strategy and we have a, we have a launch that's planned, actually me sitting down and trying to do that work when I'm feeling the way I am today, I'm not going to get the best results. I'm not going to put the best work together and allowing myself to just say, you know what, I'm going to give myself time. I'm going to let myself do what my body is calling me to do. Because I know when I return, I'll return with more clarity, with a different energy, with a much more positive state of being. So what was it then that brought you to noticing how important this was in business? What's the story behind that? Ah, yeah, I love that question. Well, I've been an entrepreneur for coming up 18 years now. But in a previous life, when I, I guess, flow really started in the corporate world, I was in business consultancy. And so my job back then was to be parachuted into companies that were in chaos and turmoil, and it's, it's just not happening for them. And to come in, in a, in a consultative way, you know, I really love that. the idea that you're literally parachuted in. Please don't burst that bubble. That would be an amazing <laughs> way to arrive as a business consultant, I think. <laughs> well, I've never done a parachute jump and the idea terrifies me. But in that sense, it was, yeah, it was a brilliant experience. I love that. And, you know, the expectation was, and our, our job was, to give them what they needed to turn things around really quickly in a sustainable way. So there were tools there, the agile planning, one page planning, and the, the bunch of things that surround that are tools that I was using in the, in the corporate world already. And there's a, however, when I became an entrepreneur 18 years ago, I genuinely thought, you know, you got this kind of tick list of have I got what it takes? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a huge leap of faith at the time. I was about three times the main breadwinner in the family. And I had made that decision to step away from my corporate career. And even though I had this brilliant career prospects lined up and, and I was really progressing just something intuitively told me, I had a bit of a, a, an epiphany on a training session, um, hearing a story about a bit of ribbon. And I just had this moment where all of a sudden I realized if I was going to continue feeling, well, feeling as successful on the inside as I appeared to other people on the outside, mm-hmm. I needed to change track. So I took this massive leap of faith and I looked at my tip box and I was like, yeah, you know, you know, postgrad business studies, tick, you know, experience, tick. I do this for other businesses, tick. So I went into, stepped into the world of on, entrepreneurship, feeling still, ter- I call it terror sighted, half excited, half absolutely terrified, but felt I 
I had what I needed. And my first family business, I say that in inverted commas, that was supposed to bring this additional sense of balance and flexibility that I was really craving at the time. My daughter was five by this time and I wanted to be able to be there more for her I think it's a a big driver for a lot of women who do make that change and want to have their own business and that first family business uh, we had it for two years and it was incredibly successful on paper financially but it was the business that cost me the most personally it was not good at all you know lots of money but lots of that hustle and grind and constantly on absolutely and by the end of that two-year period I'd burnt out you know physically emotionally mentally spiritually on all levels I had just completely burnt out and for a long time that was a period that I regretted in my life I felt I'd had my son uh, during that those two year period, and I felt so much guilt that he hadn't had the the same kind of first couple of years that my daughter had had, and I felt guilty. But looking back now, with the beauty of hindsight, I can see it was actually the catalyst mm. for what I do today and how flow would evolve. Because I was saying to myself, it has to be possible to start build and continue to grow a really successful, fulfilling business, but without having to sacrifice, you know, your physical well-being, your emotional well-being, and all those high personal costs that we can pay. And that started my quest of, okay, well, what does it take? And that is where flow developed because I had what I had taken from the corporate world, but there were missing ingredients And I was able to, okay, that bit's missing, that bit's missing. And there are actually eight ingredients for, you know, finding, getting in this magical space we call flow and being able to stay there. So so what are they? I want to know those eight eight steps. Can you share? Okay, yeah, great. Well, flow is actually an acronym. It's all very clever. I love acronyms because I think they make things easier to remember. So you've got the F-L-O-W of flow. Those are four. But before you can even think about creating and and staying in that that flow space, and let me just say that the the, the benefits of getting in that flow space is it's that whole Pareto principle, you know, the Mm 80-20. And um, if people listening to the podcast haven't heard of the Pareto principle, Filfredo Pareto is this Italian economist and he was working a lot with numbers and he could see this pattern, this 80-20 pattern that kept occurring. Loads of books have been written about it since and it exists in science, quantum physics, nature, and it exists in business. And it says that one of the ways it it shows up in business is that 80% of our biggest results come from 20% of our efforts. I have to say that again, because it's just so Mm. beautiful. 80% of our biggest results come from 20% of our efforts. And that's the kind of space we want to be in when we're really leveraging our time, our energy, and our money to get those, those bigger results. So where does it start? It starts with four other ingredients before we can get to flow part which is PIPs. The acronym is PIPs. And they're really what I call the seeds of our success. And we need to be clear and and plant those first. And you and I have already, you've already 
touched on one of them. So, and it starts with the first P, which is paramount purpose. You know, if we're not clear about why we're doing this in the first place, over and above making money, there will be those moments, and we all have them, where I remember going to an exhibition. I was a speaker at um, XL in London, and I'd also had this trade show opportunity alongside it. And I had all this equipment and I'd left home at 4am and it was dark and it was raining. Everybody else is in bed. And I was alone back then. And I trawling all this stuff in the rain at like 5am, I was knackered. And, and I just remember standing in the rain, I dropped two of the boxes. I would, I looked like a drowned rat. And I just remember looking at the sky and going, I felt like getting in my car and going home. I was like, why? Am I putting myself through this? Why am I doing this? But I knew the answer. I knew why I was doing it, you know, over and above making a living. And that, that sense of connection to your bigger why is what yeah. can really help you just Absolutely. get get through those moments, which mm. inevitably we all have at various stages. So first P, paramount purpose. And then the I, now you'll hear lots of people in business talking about vision, have a vision of, you know, how you want your business and lifestyle to be in the future. I don't tend to use the word vision so much these days because for me, vision implies something you can see and you can't necessarily see it. And not everybody in terms of our imagination is a visualizer. So I is for inspired intentions. Mm-hmm. You know, what are, you, what are your big intentions? And they're inspired because they don't always come from our rational mind. We can't always think them into clarity. You know, we have three brains, our head brain, our heart brain, and our gut or higher self brain. It's about tuning into that, tuning into our intuition and and coming up with these inspired intentions for the difference we want to make in the world, what Mm. it is we want to be doing, how we want to be serving people, how we want to be you know, bringing our gifts to what we do. So I, as for inspired intentions, getting really, really clear about that because regardless of where your beliefs are, you know, some people talk about manifesting or law of attraction, or I think just as a business owner, just to get really connected to your inspired intentions, Mm -hmm. it's like setting the destination in a sat nav. You might not know how the route's going to be calculated and that can change over time, but just getting clear on And coming back to it as well, that's what I find, coming back to that purpose, coming back to that intention. So when I have days where things aren't going to plan or something's going wrong or or I'm feeling a struggle, what did I set out saying that I wanted and why did I want that? And the amount of times now, even now I have to come back, this is why I'm doing it. This is what I'm doing. And it can actually help you make decisions around Am I going in the right direction? Do I have to let go of some parts, some things I'm doing, or even people in my life, if that's really where I'm headed? It's really powerful. I love your acronym. So, okay. So what's your P? What's your second P? So the second P is for personal values. Lots of people have already done values work. Some people have never done values work. Some people know it's important, but haven't quite figured out what their values are. And understanding your values and making sure... The way in which you move forward, your plans, your strategies, decision-making is in alignment with your core personal values is so important because our values 
define what is fundamentally most important to us in life and and if we try to do anything that is not aligned with our values so one of mine is honesty love and family you know so if I try to do anything that goes against my core personal values it will feel like not that you're trying to just scale a mountain but you're trying to push a boulder up that mountain there'll be resistance at best and you'll just be completely stuck and grind to a halt mm. um, in a lot of cases. So knowing your personal values and giving yourself permission to show up and do things and have plans that are in alignment with those are key. Mm. So P is personal values. I can feel it when I try to do something that doesn't sit well. It literally doesn't sit in my body well. I know I'm on the wrong route, taking the wrong path because everything about it screeches to me. That's not the way to do things. Yeah. And I th- you use the word feel and, and that's so mm. important because when we know what our values are, we do, we feel it at a really visceral mm level it just doesn't feel right or we get those sensations in our body or just a sense of knowing this Mm. doesn't this just doesn't feel right it doesn't Mm. feel in alignment so yeah that's really key and when we are aligned with our personal values that that's is such an important precursor Mm. to to experiencing flow Mm. so what about our s where have we got and then the s the final one of these seeds of success s stands for strengths So we're all different. We all have a different set of natural strengths. And when we know what those are and we play to them, it's so much easier. Mm -hmm. And the the challenge is we're all really smart. You know, we can pretty much do anything. We spend enough time and energy on learning to do, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a big difference between personal strengths and learned behaviors. So when you're doing something that that draws on your natural strengths, firstly, it's it feels much easier. It's mm. actually energizing, not draining, and we can achieve like brilliant results. Learn behaviors, on the other hand, yeah, we can do it and we can get fairly good at it, but if it's not in our natural brilliance zone, it can take a lot more effort. It can feel draining and we probably won't achieve those kind of brilliant results. We can get great, but not that same brilliance. And the challenge with personal strengths is um, there are some tools that I use. I use StrengthScope, which is a really great starting point based. It's by a third party and you do an online questionnaire and it is amazing at reflecting back to you where your personal strengths are because when it's a natural gift and strength it's so easy not to see it ourselves mm-hmm. because yeah. it's, it's too, like it's just too intrinsic almost. it's too intrinsic exactly and we're like oh well I just thought everybody was yeah. good at that I thought everybody found that easy because you know when you're at that you don't know what you know mastery kind of mastery natural mastery level because it's a gift you, you don't always see it in yourself so doing that work to understand where your natural strengths are. And we, we also have what's called bubbling under strengths. There are things that are natural strengths, but we might not necessarily know. And so we're underutilizing them. Mm-hmm. And then we can start to go even deeper. Sometimes a natural strength, we can overplay that. Our strengths can have a shadow side if mm-hmm. we... So for example, one of my strengths is empathy and that sense of 
really caring about other people and Mm -hmm. wanting to help and empower them. But if I overplay that into an overdeveloped sense of responsibility for others, that can be, you know, completely draining, always worrying about the people and, and going, you know, going beyond that boundary of what, what is actually healthy and empowering, flipping into a shadow side, just running Mm, myself ragged, mm, mm. over worrying, let's say. So strengths also have a shadow side. I think also what came up for me there was if you're running a team, as your business grows and evolves, if you are fully empathetic with everything going on for your, uh, your staff, your team, who your freelancers, whoever, then you're not necessarily leading in the best way for your business. So that's, that was something that was coming yeah. up for me there. I yeah. see that as, as entrepreneurs kind of grow and expand and they go from a solo entrepreneur to having teams, that that can be a really tricky yeah. balance. Absolutely. And if there are people listening that are solopreneurs and think, well, I don't have a team, you can think about it just from a family perspective. You know, when you've got kids, so my kids are going to be 24 and 18 in May. God. You really don't look really old. That makes me feel really old. (laughs) 24 and 18. And, you know, just with a business, a family goes through different stages of its life cycle. And there there comes a point with kids as well. Like as a leader of a family, you have to be able to empower people and not be the bulldozer parent, Mm -hmm. helicopter parent and and running yourself ragged, trying to be the fixer of all things. Because as you say, it takes you out of that leadership role. Mm -hmm. And leadership is all about creating and facilitating an environment for others Mm -hmm. to be their best. I'd love to hear about the the flow. Because when you tell me there's an acronym, I need the answer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to fill in the blank. So, So see if you can guess, see if you can guess. Okay, so what do you think? So we've got pips, they're the seeds. Um, and those seeds, you know, they're not just, they run through everything. Yeah, so they're there. And then we get to, okay, the flow, the four parts of flow help us fill in our one page plan and then I'm not turn sure. that plan I kind into, of want yeah. the word love to be in there somewhere, ah. but, but I'm not sure if it is. I don't know. Tell me what's the F. So. Let's go back to the mountain metaphor. You know how we said, so our big paramount purpose might be like the summit of a mountain. Now, it's great to get clarity on that, but we then need to kind of let it go a bit because if we wake up every day carrying this great big mountain around, Mm. it's a very heavy thing to experience that gap. So I'm right at the bottom and I want to be at the top of Everest and here I am, you know, I'm step one right at the bottom. And that can feel very overwhelming and actually heavy. And we don't want that for for flow. So the F for flow stands for focus. Mm -hmm. It's about how do we create a focused kind of window on that journey, which is what this one page plan is about creating. They tend to be 12 months challenging times. We can reduce it to six months or three months. It's about how do I just focus in on the next leg of the journey mm. so that I can let go of that that overwhelming kind of bigger mountain and just have more focus. So F is for focus. Because you can't do all the things at exactly. all the time. You've just got to do the things that need to be done to get to the next step. Absolutely. Okay, lovely. What's L? L is for leverage. Mm-hmm. So this is all about the strategy part, which says, okay, 
I don't want to go up this mountain. I've got my focus for the, the focus is think of it of going from where I am now to the next base camp. Mountaineers don't just scale a mountain 24 hours straight to the top. So they'll have base camps where they can reach that milestone and kind of regroup, regather. So if you think about three people standing at the bottom of a mountain, okay, leverage is all about strategy. So let's say the first person, their strategy for reaching base camp is they want to go by themselves and they want to walk. That's their preferred approach. And they've got bags of time. They love walking and they want to be able to take in all the views. And they're, they're quite a massive introvert. So they're very happy in their own company. Second person wants to go with a group and wants to go on a donkey. That's their strategy for reaching base camp. And the third person is like, eh, you know, none of that appeals to me. Actually, I've got this, I've always wanted to fly in a helicopter. I'm going to work at the bottom, get this job, save up loads of money and charter a helicopter and be flown up to base camp in like 20 minute helicopter ride. So three different strategies. Strategy is all about preferred approach. And as you can see, because those three different people have a very different strategy, the actions that they're going to be taking, the outcomes that they're looking to create over a period are going to be completely different yeah. because they have a different strategy. And their strategy will play to, you know, factoring in those pips, what their values are, what their inspired intentions are, what their paramount purpose are, what their natural strengths are, what they want to get out of the journey. Mm. And... Uh- Actually, we were talking about this. I can't remember. My husband and I were talking the other day about, who's, is it Scott? who went to, uh, he climbed Everest for the first, was it him who climbed? I'm mis- mixing up my stories here, but basically his, his competitor, they used huskies. They used huskies that were used to the environment. And so they got their first. I'm really lacking in my history. And I know that my school actually talked about this in assembly every single week when I was I was terrible at history. Nine. So I never remember the name of anyone. <laughs> but finding a modality that works for you is really important. Uh, and like you say, when you know what your goal is, and then you realize that there's not just one route, there are different options open yeah. to you that fall in line with your own your own preferred methods of working, your own pace of working. There's no, there's no one right or wrong way in how you do things in business. And I think that's exactly. what leveraging is all about. I mean, take podcasting as an example. You know, we can be thinking about, oh, I want to raise my visibility. I want to raise my brand awareness. Yes, there's, there's loads of different ways that we can do that. And podcasting is a fantastic one. And that can be used alone or in combination with others. It could be about live events. It could be about digital marketing. There's so many marketing bridges, I call them. There's like 10 different types with subtypes in them. And like you say, there's no right or wrong, but getting clear on your preferred approach is really important. Otherwise, we can end up kind of try, uh, either spreading ourselves too thinly and trying to do it, or all. not enjoying, not enjoying, not enjoying what we're doing. And it's you know our businesses; these are our lives. It's not Absolutely. all of our lives, but it is important that it works for us, and it doesn't feel like we're wading through treacle all of the time. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because what treacle. I, <laughs> great on pancakes. There there is so much emphasis placed in a lot of messaging, um, particularly on social media about, you know, those, those end goals, you know, it's about the, how many figures 
mm-hmm. business we're going to build. It's about achieving that and doing that. But we've got to remember it's equally important to choose the way to achieve mm-hmm. those end goals in a way that we can enjoy the journey. And I know that sounds cliche, but cliches are cliches for a reason. It's so important. true because when it gets get said to, a lot, you when know? you get to those big, big financial goals, you look back and go, oh, oh, it's just a number. And, uh, and it's hard. Those of you who are listening who haven't yet hit one of your major big targets, you probably can't understand what I mean when I say that, but it isn't that that matters. Actually, what matters is, did, did you enjoy it? Did you, was that, what did you learn? Where's your growth? Having got to that goal, is everything still in line with what you stand yeah. for? Yeah. Or actually, do you kind of hate what you've created and therefore you might have the, that money in your bank, but it means nothing. Just like Part that is- first business I created where we had the, you know, brilliant financial goals, but the journey was it was the one period of my life I regretted for many years and Empower specifically um, works with female entrepreneurs and you know 98% of them whilst founding and building a business or raising a family you know they're combining those those two those two worlds so particularly if we are a primary caregiver and that could be a children that could be of you know, we might be a sandwich parent and also mm-hmm. caring for elderly parents. If you think about if we're not able to enjoy the journey and we're constantly overwhelmed and stressed and frustrated and exhausted, we're not going to be the best version of ourselves no. for the other people who rely on us and enjoying family life. And also we need to be role modeling to upcoming generations. Look, there is this third way. Some women will choose the swim lane of being a full-time homemaker. Hats off. Did that, you know, for a short period. That is a tough gig. Completely undervalued. Bidvine did some research in 2017. I have to say this before. They, they said, if, if let's look at the role of a full-time homemaker. And if we gave a value, salaried, everything they do, what would it equate to? Can yeah. you guess? I don't know. A lot. A lot. £84,000 a year, 84 grand. That's the value of all the things that full-time homemaker does. I found it incredibly hard. I, out of, I mean, my, my eldest now is 16. I think I had probably two years where I didn't have any business that I was developing somewhere, albeit a very small thing on the side. Not having something outside of the family, I found very hard. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. And then and then you got the swim lane of the career committed uh mums. Um, and I do work supporting those in in the corporate space as well. And and then you've got the entrepreneurial mums, and there's no right or wrong. It's about each person, woman, uh, it's not gender specific, finding the 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 path that is right for them. And so Becoming an entrepreneur, and particularly at a younger age, just wasn't when I was working. It wasn't a a thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a thing. You know, social media didn't even exist when I first became an entrepreneur. That's how old I am. It wasn't a thing. And yet now we're role modeling to younger generations. Actually, there are all these possibilities. And but we need to be role modeling it in the right way. You know, do we really want our kids thinking? Oh, you've got to sacrifice the next 10 years and and kind of grind yourself into the ground if you're going to make a go of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's powerful. 
Okay, so what's our O and our W? Okay, so O is, so we've got our focus, we've got our, our, we know how we're going to leverage our precious time, energy and money through strategy. O is for outcomes. So this is all about the action steps. This is really where we really chunk it down because how does anybody climb the biggest of mountains, whether it's Everest, Kilimanjaro, whatever, it's one step at a time. So this is where we really start to chunk down and go, okay, so looking across, you know, my various goals that I've set in the focus part, what are just the next steps? And gone are the days where we need these super detailed plans that extend, you know, five-year plans. They they don't work in today's world. It's so fast-paced, so fast-changing. And if we're kind of pioneering, trailblazing entrepreneurs, making it up as we go along sounds negative, but it is about being able to be agile and and adapt and be creative. So if you think of like driving a car in the fog, and we do live in a foggy world, particularly the entrepreneurial world, we just need to be those headlights to shine far enough through the fog that we can we can keep going as the road becomes visible. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So it's those next outcomes. Okay, okay. What are the next steps? You don't need to know everything. No. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know how to get to the next destination. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. And so W, finally, what's the, what's the W? Okay. So W, it stands for winning every day. So we've, you know, we've got the big mountain, we've got the window for the journey to the base camp. We know our focus, we've got our strategy, we know our next steps. And now it's about a set of tools, which are both practical tools and mindset tools so that we can end every day feeling like we've we've won the day and winning winning is a daily thing even when so it's the whole growth mind and resiliency piece mm-hmm. even when things don't go to plan there is still a way to measure brilliant progress and growth even when we don't for me, that works in two ways that I can think of off the top of my head. One is I like a checklist. I know not everybody likes a checklist, but if I've if I've took 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 off, ticked <laughs> off the majority. It doesn't have to be all. Majority of that list. Sometimes I will admit things like have a shower and <laughs> have some fresh air can go on that list so that I feel that I've done something that's working for me. And yeah. the other thing we do every night, my husband and I, last thing in bed. We say to each other, right, what were your three things today? And no matter how grotty the day has been, we find three moments that brought us joy or or, or further gratitude or something. Mm. And for me, particularly if I've had a day that's super focused on work, often it's not even the work stuff that comes up in those conversations. Even if I think I've spent 12 hours working, it will be that random moment someone said something funny in the house or the the dog behaved in a particular way. And that for me reminds me to live my life as I'm building. Mm, Definitely. I love that gratitude is so important. There's always something, no matter how Mm. small, we can be grateful for at the end of the day. And what you just said there about sometimes it's non-work related this is one really important thing about this whole flow and kind of planning process when we work for ourselves is the plan needs to be holistic. You can't just plan for success in the, the business swim lane because you will get it, but 
it can often be to the detriment of everything else. Mm -hmm. So when I get my clients to plan, I give them another cool acronym, of course, which is her life. So when they're doing right from, it starts from the very beginning when they're looking at their pips and thinking of their inspired intentions, don't just do it for business. Think her life, H for health, E for emotions and energy, R for relationships, lifestyle, impact, finances, Mm -hmm. education in terms of personal growth, skills, skill set, spiritual growth, or, or look across the board because if we want to experience balanced success and a, and a balanced journey, we have to bring that into our planning. Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned having a list and checklist. So you, you might like this idea. I don't know if you do it. I'm going to share it with you mm-hmm. and to anybody who's listening. When I was in the corporate world, we used this tool that I'm going to share with you which is just a whiteboard. All you need is a whiteboard and some post-it notes. And we used it when I was managing multi-million pound, very complex tech research and development projects and working with teams of like some of the brightest Mm -hmm. people from around the world, really techy, but we just used a whiteboard and post-it notes. Why? Because it's so simple yet powerful and it's visual. So I'm part of this movement of getting people to think about ditching to-do lists. Because if you have a to-do list, what do we do when we've completed something? All right, another one. Yeah, so we'll like... Tick it off. Yeah, so we'll tick it off or we'll put a line through it and then we'll start another list. And then that kind of just goes into the waste bin or whatever. Or even if we've got a planner, we'll do the same on our planner and we turn the page. So the idea here is... When we're working stuff we do in our business, like appointments and yeah, we need to put that in a diary and plug it in. Mm -hmm. When we're working on our business, those more strategic projects, you have your whiteboard, just divide it into three columns. And at the top of the first column, you just write to do. Simple as that. You look at your one page plan and you're just chunking down again to the next month. And what you do is you just brainstorm within your current visibility, what are the baby steps, chunk down as, break them down into what are all the bite-sized baby steps, things I need to do this month to achieve my focus for this month. And then you write each one on a post-it note. And if you can break it down so that each post-it note is only like half an hour or an hour tops, time box things, because lots of us only have smaller pockets of time, particularly now with everything we're homeschooling and cooking more meals than ever and all that stuff. So the more you can chunk down, the easier it will feel to slot into the smaller chunks of time we have. Put all the post-it notes in the first column. And then when you have a chunk of time to work on your business you go to your board and there's no more oh what should I do should I do this first or whatever you can float the high priority ones to the top of the board and kind of get a sense of priority but cherry pick a couple of those post-it notes that you're going to do next it could be based on your energy what you were saying earlier about you know sometimes we don't feel like doing what's at the top of our list because we're not in the right energy space cherry pick what feels highest priority and fits your energy move it into the second column which is what do you think it says at the top of the second column I don't know in progress in progress okay all right and then when you've done it 
move it across okay, and stick so you it can see. in done. Mm. And you can see what your workload is. You can see that visual progress and you can even have different colors, one color post-it note for business stuff, one for self-care, one for family, get it all on there mm. because you can't cheat the board. I like the idea of the colors and the, the moving across. It's like a an old school version of ClickUp or Trello. You're actually yeah. moving it across. Trello is the online version. Yeah. Yeah. And lots of my clients say, oh, can I use Trello? And I I always try to get people to go, just go real world, old school, because yeah. it's... Every, who doesn't love a post-it note anyway? Who doesn't? Who yeah. doesn't? I mean, terribly, terribly bad for the environment. But uh, I think there's something very nice about about having that. So I'm going to, I'm going to put that into, into use for March. Yeah, give it a go. And when you reset, it's really important to reset once a month, but when you reset the board, don't, the, the duns, don't throw them away, put them in like a glass jar or something. So you have this really real tangible reminder what of you've achieved progress and what you've achieved. So Nicola's holding up this beautiful glass fishbowl vase thing. That's absolutely chock, chock full to the brim and overflowing and covered around the edges with post-it notes. I love that, Nicola. And I think, you know, the whole concept of flow and listening to yourself, listening to what you're good at, listening to what you like, thinking about and imagining what it is you want to achieve, tapping into that over and over again and not feeling like you have to fight the fight every single day is so important for all of us. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you very much for coming on today. Now, I did actually, what I meant to mention earlier was that the reason that I met Nicola in the first place was because I came along to her first ever Empower Mums in Business Award. And I then came to the second one as well, where I was a finalist at both. And obviously, because of COVID and things like that, that, that a third one has not yet transpired. But it was a wonderful event, really celebrating the incredible work being done by mums, by people who are building their businesses, not as side hustles, but as things that really matter, that make a difference to their clients' lives whilst running very busy homes. And that's how, that's how we met. And then we, we met again at a, a couple of events that we were at. And, and sometimes you just, you just meet people, you have a bit of a chat and you click and you connect. Absolutely. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to a, a chance where the world opens up again and we can get out and make those connections again and again, because I think it's really important. Definitely. And in the meanwhile, thank you for doing what you do in the world. I know you do so much and podcasting is only one part of what you do. I think it's such an incredibly powerful thing to do to be creating these platforms for sharing and even more more important now while people are feeling so isolated Mm. and, and creating that platform for people to share their stories or share their expertise and and create that sense of connection is just so powerful, particularly now. So we ha- you have your podcast, Empower Mums in Business. So that's a great place to go and hear a little bit more about Nicola. How else can people find you? What's the best way to come into Nicola's world? Oh, <laughs> I'd say the Empower website. So that's just empower.global. And uh, that's the hub, really, where you can get a feel for what's going on in in the Empower world. Find there's links to our Facebook community, which has about one thousand 
800-ish like-minded, light-hearted women in business who this mums in business challenge we've been talking about all on a similar journey. Lots of business resources there too. And find out about those awards. Let's hope, fingers crossed. Yeah, they are great awards. Very, very nice, nice events and a great atmosphere in the room. And clearly you get a lot of love from your community, which was something very nice to to be part of and to experience. So I think community is just so important. You've got the the podcasting community, haven't you? Yeah. And I think as much as experts we we can support individuals, there's so much to be gained from the power of community and that peer-to-peer yeah. um, connection and people going going through the same journey as you at the a similar yeah. level to you. It really is important. Well thank you so much for coming on today, Nicola. And for those of you listening, think about this. How can you allow more flow into your life? What would it, if you're sick of the grind, if you aren't quite getting the results you want, what would it take for you to allow yourself to just step off and open up? Because very often that's the first step is literally, I see this as you're running on that treadmill constantly. You're running, 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 running. What you don't realize is if you just stop the treadmill and you walk out the front door, there's a whole world out there. What would happen if you just let yourself explore? And I actually have this, um, I have this kind of running through my head that when I step off that treadmill and I walk outside, I go through the car park and beyond for me, there's a hill, there's a beautiful meadow, there's a, a trail that I've never walked along. And that, that's a very different way of moving forward in the world. So what can you do to get off that treadmill? Uh, off, off the back of that question, if I may, just highlight if there are people going, oh, I love the sound of flow and they've just listened to your question and going, well, I wouldn't know where to start or um, they've heard those four, uh, eight ingredients I've just shared. If they're interested, I run a free five-day flow challenge where I take the whole flow methodology and basically in half an hour a day for five days, I'll take you through all eight of those components and I've run it about, this will be the fourth time I've run it. We had a hundred ladies on the last one and the, the impact from just doing the five day flow challenge is incredible. So that could be a first step in, yeah. in sort of starting to answer that question. And is that available on your uh, Empower Global website? Yeah, on the website, right. you can click on flow and just register for the wait list. The next one will be in, I do two a year. Fabulous. So get on the wait list and... Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Nicola. And those of you out there, find a different way to do your business. It doesn't always need to be the push. So I'm now wrapping this up, giving myself an unplanned afternoon off and going for a very long dog walk because I don't feel like pushing today. And so I'm not. And I know that that's going to open me up to the things that are bubbling away inside that just need addressing. And it will mean that when I return to my work, when I'm ready, I will have a much better energy. So thank you so much for coming, Nicola. Thank you guys for tuning in. Take care. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.